Welcome back to Roaming Alaska. I'm Rochelle. And I'm David. For those of you new to our podcast, this is where we share our life experience here in Alaska. All of our adventures from trapping uh, to our cabin build and our uh, foraging, rock hounding, things like that. Fishing. All the wonderful things that Alaska has to offer. If you followed along with us, you know that we're building a cabin. So our last episode, we talked a little bit about the cabin itself and the location. And we talked a little bit about the, the goal of getting out to camp this winter and the reasoning behind it. Obviously, uh, we've got a lot of material to move and the uh, more material on site when it comes time to build, the less time we spend transporting stuff during the build season. Additionally, a lot of that material is heavy. And so rather than putting the boat and then uh, try and get it up the riverbank and back into the cabin build, with taking it across in the wintertime, we can take it right up to the build site. So that was our goal. We should mention that it, the cabin is not, the location of the cabin is such that it's not accessible. It's not on the road system, and it is only accessible by boat or now um, in the winter by trail, uh, snow machine trail. So getting material out there is uh, a bit of a challenge. And in our last podcast, we talked about cutting the trail and getting out to camp and the purpose of cutting that trail and our excitement in cutting that trail. And we did, we were successful in cutting that trail, getting to the river. And then the obstacle for me in crossing the river <laughs> on the snow machine which we did. And I was able to record myself walking across the ice. So it's a pretty good distance across that section of the river, isn't it? Yeah. But you know what? I was expecting it to be really kind of jagged. So when the ice freezes or when the river freezes, it typically in some areas, it doesn't just freeze flat all the way across the entire way. There's areas where it juts up and it's down and it, how do you explain that? It's explain per, that. pretty uneven, and there can be chunks of ice that freeze in different positions, so it can be pretty jagged looking. Over time, also, ice settles, and so it becomes pretty uneven uh, in, right. in many sections. So after we cut that trail, we got to the slough. We had discovered, I think we talked about this, we had discovered that there was a trapper. He had his trap line there. And so there was a trail, a pre-existing trail, just on along the slough. So we rode along the slough there for a, a ways. About a quarter mile. Along his trail, his snow machine trail. And then we cut off to the left. And I was a little disoriented. I couldn't... The landscape looks much, much different in the winter to me. I don't know if this is for everybody, but to me, the landscape just looks much different in the winter than it does in the summer. I don't know why. It just does. <laughs> I think if you take a look at our video, the video footage that we have and the, um, the, the photos that we take, I think you'll be able to see why it does look much different. And then we're coming at it from a different angle. We're coming at it not just from the river, but we're coming at it from across the, the other side, just from a, a totally different area. So we cut off of his trail to the left, 
and we came up on the, the bank and uh, cut our own little trail. Um, and the snow was deep, really, really deep. And I, it was kind of a steep incline coming up off of the slough onto the, onto the river bank and the snow machine kind of dumped us. And I've since learned that we try to stay on the snow machine. We don't just immediately jump off <laughs> once it tips a little bit. <laughs> I've since learned we try to stay on the snow machine. So I was dumped from the snow machine. And then I've discovered that um, the snow was very, very deep. So we got back on the snow machine and then we came up over the, the river bank and what I saw was this line. I saw the, uh, the, there's a smokehouse there. I don't know if we talked about this, that my grandfather had built. Um, I don't even know when, I don't know how long that smokehouse has been there. It's been there as long as I can remember. I saw this, the smokehouse across the river and um, I saw this line cut across all the way across and it looked like it went directly to the smokehouse. And I, I asked David, I said, what is that line? And he said, that looks like a trail. And I was like, how can that be? How, how can that be that there's already a trail there? And he said, it looks like it was the, the trapper. That's uh, his trail that he, he takes. And I felt like it was kind of providence that all along that river that that trapper decided to put his trail right there to go directly across right where I felt like I needed to be because I feel like had it not been there, I would have had a really, really hard time going across the river. I don't know. I feel like I don't think I'm alone in crossing the ice, that fear that's there. I've talked to a number of people and they're like, oh no, I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. And in your mind, you like... I know that the ice is thick. I know the ice is thick. I know it's solid, but you just still have this fear. But there it was, there was that line. And for whatever reason, the, the, uh, the ice was nearly flat all the way across. Smooth, smooth, smooth as could be all the way across. And I, I told David, I think I want to walk it. I just want to walk across. They said, can you follow me on the snow machine? And he said, yeah. So I started walking and after a time I, I was recording the entire time, just kind of talking myself through it. And, um, it was a really strange experience. I feel like because I have now ridden that river in the boat uh, so many times in the past couple of years now, and to be able to walk across the ice, uh, and see it from a different perspective it was really amazing and incredible to come into camp that way. It was really beautiful. And I felt really blessed to be able to go that direction. And we worked so hard. I feel like we worked so hard to get to that point. Well, I know David worked really hard <laughs> to cut that trail. And uh, I felt like I was really overcoming this really strong fear that I had of, of the ice and I was overcoming it and I was facing it and talking myself through it. And, um, we walked all the way. He came up, came up um, and started walking in front of me and he talked me through it the entire time. And 
we got all the way across and I was standing there and he said, I'm going to go get the snow machine. And he went and got the snow machine and drove it up and then I'll let him take over. No, it was, uh, you're right. There was uh, a lot of things that really aligned very well. The fact that there's somebody out there trapping and he happened to put that trail in right in the right spot was, you know, was just one of those things. The other thing is we had, we had gone out before and we had started cutting that trail and we had pretty much taken a straight path back towards that slough on our first first walkthrough. But when it came time to finish that trail, we found that the easiest path actually led us right to where we needed to, to drop down into the slough because the, the bank where we had originally come out was really steep. So it all lined up and we just we actually came out right where we needed to. Uh, it turned out to be the, the path of least resistance. So, again, as much work as it as it still was, it's amazing how everything lined up the way it did. It was so strange because there was so many ways that we could have gone, and yet we chose this weaving in and out all through all these trees and through this forest, truly this forest, and we ended up right where this trail had come up off of the slough, just this one spot where this trail had come up onto the bank and then dropped just immediately dropped right back down onto the slough. That's where our trail ended up. It was really just something else, but that was just how it all worked out. And uh, I feel like it was just supposed to be that way. Exactly. Absolutely. But it was nice when we got across the downside. If you've seen the photos from our, you know, our summertime trips to the camp where we parked the boat right there, normally it's just, you know, like six feet up the bank and we're right there, but the water had dropped so much. Mm -hmm. And so it was really steep climbing up. Plus, you know, we had probably three, between three and four feet of snow. Yeah. So trying to climb up that bank was was a significant challenge. It was a workout for sure. But it was nice to get into camp, walk into camp, and all of the stuff that we had left there, you know, we had left all of our our, you know, our, our camping gear and all of our construction material, uh, all of our tools, our generators, everything else. That was all sitting there, uh, still covered up like we left it. Yeah, and it was really interesting walking through there. Snow is deep, obviously. It's completely untouched. I didn't, I don't recall seeing any tracks uh, of any kind. Uh-uh. Snow is really, really deep. And we have a short, short video clip of us walking into camp and uh, David walking through. I... Didn't walk all the way. No, I did walk all the way back to our mm-hmm. little cache. But the snow, yeah, it was just is a real workout. And uh, you can see the video on our TikTok of, <laughs> of the uh, just standing on the bank and um, the view that we typically see in the summer. We got to see in the winter and how really beautiful it was and just the workout. But it was also a realization that, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to try to find where we're going to try to lift our sawmill <laughs> up and over that bank. And that was, you know, what we had talked about was maybe another trip back out. So not to get ahead of ourselves, but it was pretty close to the end of day by the time we yes. finally reached the camp. Beautiful view of the moon. Yeah. Uh, but we definitely needed to turn around and, and get back. Yeah. So, so that's what we did. 
but the whole way back and then you know once we returned the the thoughts were all in how do we get from the river up into camp yeah because it's just so steep yeah and so our our plan had been to to return and do some scouting try and find a, a portion which was probably going to be down you know around the you know down river from us which meant more trail breaking yeah. more trail cutting but that was the goal. Unfortunately, weather changed on us. Rather quickly. I think even that day, I, was it that day it seemed to be a little bit warmer? I think it was that day it started to warm up. I think so, because if I recall correctly, I'm actually in a sweatshirt that day. Yeah. Just a sweatshirt and my, and my bibs yeah. walking up. So. I think I was overdressed, too, that day. I had ended up taking off my mitts and... Um, did I drive back part of the way? Yes. Yeah, I drove back part of the way, and I didn't even have my mitts on right. on the uh, the handlebars because of the warmers. And it was just too warm. But, yeah, the weather just changed so significantly in the days following that we started to have this discussion that how safe is it to cross the river with the load that we were going to be hauling because the sawmill is not just a couple hundred pounds. No, it's uh, the sawmill is, you know, the whole package is, it's crated up and the shipping weight was 972 pounds. So you get that combined with uh, you know, an 800 pound sew machine. You've got us and our gear and the toboggan. It was, uh, it was a lot of weight to consider. And considering the, relatively mild winter that we've had here this year. This year, our winter has been, compared to last year, has been significantly milder. And in the week after this trip out to camp, there was actually an article in the paper that talked about the thickness of the ice and how it was just the percentage of thickness of ice was just significantly less than it had been in years past. And we really had to consider whether or not it was safe for us to be hauling such heavy loads out to camp. And that's when we made the decision. In addition, not just the river portion of it, but we cross a number of creeks and, and we're cruising along the lakes and things like that. So there's a lot of water between our launch point and, and camp. Marshy areas. And yeah, a lot of marshy areas. And so what I had started to see uh, in my drives uh, right after that was a lot of overflow so that the water was coming down on top of the ice. And and that's not necessarily a, a significant danger, but it does make it a challenge because the snow machine doesn't like to go through that stuff very well. When you're hauling that kind of weight to get bogged down in something like that, it, it could just make for an absolute miserable day. Uh, you know, the snow machine could get bogged down, the toboggan could get bogged down, then you're trying to winch all that equipment out. And so what would normally be just a few hours could turn into a, an all-day or a multi-day trip. And so we just started to evaluate whether it was truly worth all of that risk, uh, you know, and, and potential extra work. And I'm not sure it was, at least being out there in the in the cold, being, you know, the potential of being wet, the potential of something going through the ice, and then we're, you know, potential loss. For us, that sawmill was a pretty decent investment. And so the idea of losing it through the ice is very unattractive. 
Right. <laughs> we don't want to lose that. <laughs> so, yeah, we decided that um, this year, this summer, in addition to getting the frame up on the cabin, that we want to put in a landing area or a dock someplace for our winter trail to where we can easily drive the snow machine up and cut a trail to where we can bring supplies in relatively easier in the winter months. So that's going to be another project that we're going to work on this summer. Let's put that in. We, we had talked about, you know, whether it was a staircase or something to just get, you know, in the summer months, it's, it's even a challenge sometimes because that water fluctuates dramatically. Sometimes we pull right up against the bank and sometimes we've got a beach area. And so we've always had this, this challenge of trying to get materials out of the boat and up the bank. And so we talked about things like putting in a staircase and, and other options, but I think that's something that's, you know, a shallower grade. Yeah where we cut into that and how, how we accomplish that. I'm, you know, I'm not hundred percent positive yet. I haven't got that plan worked out yet, but I think we need to have something. The other, the other thing that is kind of more of a long term is if we decide to overwinter there, for example, we need a way to pull the boat out of the water. Mm-hmm. And so we need that ability to, to have a casual or a gradual, I think is the appropriate word, gradual grade where we can pull that, those things. We've also talked about things like getting a four-wheeler and things out there or a tractor to help us. And so we need that for those things too. And I'm really good at cutting brush in the summer. So (laughs) (laughs) while David's working on the cabin, I can cut brush. (laughs) I've gotten really, really good at that. A little bit of experience, that's for sure. So yeah, that's our plan. And so unfortunately, we didn't get to make it out again uh, this winter, but we did make progress this winter. We made progress and we reached a goal. We got out there and that was exciting. We got video footage and we hope that you can check it out. You know, just a quick note before we wrap that subject up. So we did cut that trail and that trail comes in off of a large marshy lake, which is actually a pretty good hunting area. Mm -hmm. And so now we've got access to that hunting area that we didn't have before. So again, I think there's a lot of advantage to having that trail in that we'll actually be able to go on the riverside this this fall oh right and uh we've got our canoe we can put it in that slough we can work our way up that slough and then we can drag that canoe straight back through our trail right right to that lake and be able to hunt moose yeah so again it may not have benefited us this year for moving material but it certainly will be beneficial to us for hunting and Mm -hmm. then next year when we've got the cabin up we'll be able to access back to the cabin and yeah, like you said, we're now familiar with that area. So it'll be interesting to see it in the fall. Absolutely. Um, not when it's covered in snow. And <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see it. Yes. I'm excited about that. So in addition to that, though, we were we did have the opportunity last weekend, I believe, to go out to Minto, my home village, and do some ice fishing. And we did get some video footage of that. We went right out in front of the village, right on the lake, um, to go ice fishing for pike. And we were unsuccessful <laughs> in catching anything. But let me tell you, in the summer months, <laughs> you just throw a lure out there and it's almost immediate and you, and you catch a pike. But that's okay, though. 
This is our first time ice fishing out there. Yeah. We thought there was a deeper hole there. Mm -hmm. By the time we drilled through, we had uh, roughly three feet of ice. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, I wasn't sure the auger was going to make it. It was pretty close to the ice by the time it broke through. Yeah. But there was only about six feet of water underneath the, in that yeah. spot. So definitely missed the hole that I thought was in that area. But, you know, they call it fishing and not catching, so... Yeah. That's what we were doing. So we fished there for, I'm not sure how long we were there. A few and hours. It, yeah, a few hours. And it was beautiful. The sun was shining and it, the, the wind had stopped overnight. So Minto is notorious for the north wind and it had been howling all night long. Um, and then sometime early, early hours in the morning it had stopped. And so we were like really excited that we got to go sit out on the ice and uh, it hadn't been blowing but then while we were sitting out there, it had just picked up. Uh, not too terribly bad. So since we weren't having any luck there, we decided to load everything up and go to another area. So why don't you tell them? Yes, we, we opted to go into one of the lakes. So it was, it was probably a four-mile snow machine ride back in there. Mm -hmm. uh, the hope was that we could get in because of the, the location and the hills around it. The idea was to try and get out of the, the wind a little bit. Yeah, that was unsuccessful. That was unsuccessful, unfortunately. Yep, yep. I feel like we were in the direct path of all the wind. <laughs> Which, in my experience out there in eight years, it's yeah, it's hard to get out of the wind. Yeah, so. it is. And again, the new location, uh, still uh, no no pike there either. But that's okay, because again, in the summer, there's much, much more pike. Well, what we learned Much is, easier to find, anyway. <laughs> what we definitely learned is where the pike weren't. Right. So... We can cross that off the list for next time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do have uh, some footage of that that we hope to be putting up. Some uh, video footage of just being out on the lakes. And it's still so beautiful. And I just love being out there. Because, you know, it is my home. And I just there's it just brings back so many memories being out there. And uh, it's just a, for me, it's just a place of healing and contentment. So I enjoy so, being out there anyway. So, yeah, check out our video of us not catching fish. Right. <laughs> it's just as thrilling. No, not really. <laughs> but while we, was it before or after? It was before that we went ice fishing. We actually went out onto some uh, trails. Oh, yes. And we got to set a few snares for some rabbits. Yes. Or some hare. Uh, and that was always fun. I've, if you listen to our earlier, earlier, earlier podcasts from back in 2020, we talk a little bit about our trapping out there. And I had never been trapping before, so that was my first experience. So I learned to appreciate it a lot. So it was a lot of fun being out there again. And we didn't get a chance this year to get our lines out. Normally we we start in either late December or uh, sometimes early January. Yeah. And we get a full line out. Mm -hmm. And then we beaver trap in uh, you know kind of around February mm -hmm. time frame. And unfortunately, we just, with everything else going on this year, we didn't get a a line out. So this was the first time we, we put any snares out. Yeah. And so it was nice to get back out on the trail. And it's, uh, if you've never trapped, it's, uh, you, you don't know what you're missing, but it's amazing to get out there on the trail and just. How long have you been trapping? I think I've been trapping since I was at least 12, I can remember. So I used to go out with my dad when I was little. And then by the time I was, by the time I was 13, I was running my own trap line, and yeah, it's been a long time, but 
there's nothing better than being out on the trap line. It, it, the still, it, it's hard to describe until you, you're out there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just dead still. You hear every little thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still remember one of my, my greatest memories is being out on the trap line. It's early morning and it's snowing and you can actually hear the snowfall as it hits your jacket. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy and, and such contentment. So mm-hmm. it's my happy place. It's yeah. Absolutely. Especially when I'm there. Exactly. <laughs> so that was, that. I, I enjoyed being out there and I wish we had more opportunity but life in Fairbanks this winter, particularly for whatever reason, has just uh, been a little bit crazy. But we are learning to, what, what is your saying? Adapt, adjust, and overcome. Is that how you say it? Improvise. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> so, but while we were out trail riding, we did get some video footage. And the trails out there are really amazing. The, the, the guy out there that put in the trails is, has done a really, really great job. And those trails are were put in for a combination of things. Uh, one is is cross country skiing, mm-hmm. but two, and I think really the real motivation was dog sledding. Mm-hmm. And so they are beautiful trails. They are nice and wide, uh, well groomed. Yeah, and he takes really good care of them. Yeah, so. and what he has done is there's a lot of the trees that are cut are spruce trees, and so. In addition to setting out some snares, we got a lot done that weekend. Uh, David was able to get some more logs for our cache that we were going to be building this summer out at the cabin site. So, one of the challenges has been all the tools and all the the camp equipment and stuff that we had to in the early days shuttle back and forth all the time, and you know, in order to keep keep that stuff away from the animals. So, we did build kind of a, a platform that we used over this last winter to, you know, to keep all of our stuff up, you know, high and dry and away from most of the animals. But long-term we need to build, you know, a a better solution an enclosed, fully enclosed solution. So the idea is to build a a traditional cache up on stilts. Now, is that exclusive to Alaska? I feel like it is. You don't see that anywhere else. Uh, Not that I've seen. And so what, I guess we could explain that to, to, our listeners, what that is. It looks like a, a, a mini little cabin. Up on stilts. Up on stilts. So it's often like nine plus feet off the ground. Sometimes they're significantly higher. Yeah. But for for me, I think nine feet gives, you know, it still gives you about five or six feet off of the snow, uh, even in a deep snow year. So yeah. that's the goal is to build that so that it's, again, it's fully enclosed, keep the weather off of it, whether it's rain or, or snow. And again, we... It, traditionally, it was used to keep bears out of the food mm-hmm. supplies. Uh, that's why it's built up, built so high. But uh, that's that's what we're looking to do. And so I've you know I've toyed with different construction methods to use. Now that we've got a sawmill. It's going to make it even easier. So excited to get out there and get it done. But it did require I estimated about thirty two logs to make it, and I think we've got almost. 32 of those stashed and we want to pick up probably an extra eight just in case my calculations are wrong or or I end up with a log that turns out not to be good. We've got those stacked up and now we just need to to peel them and get them down to camp. Nice. Yeah. So we had a really productive weekend that uh, last weekend in Minto. We're uh, 
now getting ready for it is the today it is the first of April. Next month is May, which is crazy to think that by the end of next month we'll be getting ready to head out to camp by boat. Right. Which is crazy because right now the the river is still covered in ice um, and snow. And still pretty chilly at night. Uh, but yeah, hopefully by the end of next month, we'll be getting ready to head out to camp and uh, get ready to continue the build. As a matter of fact, you know, just the other day, we picked up quite a few of the materials yep. for the for the first floor of the cabin. So it's all staged out here under tarp and ready to go. I was just out shoveling the, the boat out yesterday so we can get start getting it in order. So... We're moving ahead, and things are coming up fast. This is exciting. It's very exciting. Our next podcast, we are going to be, well, our next two podcasts, I think we're going to be talking about, we're going to be taking a trip again to Minto, but we're going to be talking about the annual spring carnival that they have, and that consists of primarily dog races, and I believe they also have uh, like snowshoe races and... Um, like a one dog class for kids. Really, really short race. Nothing. <laughs> no long distance races for the kids. But yeah, lots of fun games and stuff for the kids. So we're going to be going down for that. And then the next podcast after that, we're going to be talking about our garden. Yes. We've actually, uh, just to give a little hint, we've actually got our seeds planted. Yep. So everything's, not everything, but quite a bit of it started already. Yep. We bought materials for the raised beds, so that'll be coming up. Hopefully we'll be giving you updates on how everything is going. And yep. Yeah, and then talking about getting ready to go to camp, and that's super exciting. It'll be really awesome to get out there and get things moving and exactly. see what kind of progress we can make. Those first, Our first trip is going to be a long one. It'll be a long, long stay out there. Typically, our stays out at camp have always been two, three. I don't think we've spent more than three nights. Right. But this first one, it's going to be, David's going to spend, he's got three weeks off, but uh, I don't know if he'll spend the entire three weeks. (laughs) He wants to. (laughs) I can't argue. (laughs) It's a wonderful place to be. It is. It's amazing. I dreamt about it the other night. It was a wonderful dream. So, the challenge, the challenge, of course, is when you go out in small stages like that, uh, because of bear and, and other wildlife in the area, we can't leave camp up. So every time we leave, it's all got to be packed back up. Yep. And we have a, a you know significantly large tent, wall yes. tent. It's a wall tent. It's it's not easy to set up and take down. Uh, you know, so setup of camp is it's almost a day's project. By the yeah. time you get, you know, the kitchen set up and the tent set up. And so you lose a day right there. And then it's about a half a day or so of packing back up on the backside. So when you only stay for three days, you really only get one day of, of good solid, solid work. Solid work, yep. So, yes, the more time we can spend out there in one stretch, the more productive we can be and yep. the more progress we can make. Yep. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And I can't believe it's already April 1st. And, uh. Yeah, so we have lots of really exciting things coming up, and we want to take you guys all along with us. So stay tuned.